I want to take a quick second and talk about how you can support our show. I believe this is the most honest way that I can connect with you, the listener, and put it in front of everyone. You can support our show for as little as 99 cents a month. We release four podcasts a month, all at an average length of about an hour. That means you are supporting us at just 25 cents an hour. That's a, that's cheaper than the dollar menu. I think it's safe to say that we provide more value than that. And if you learn anything from our content, please consider becoming a supporter today with the link in the description of any episode or on the website at feedingcuriosity.net. And with that, thanks for listening and please enjoy the show. Welcome to Feeding Curiosity. Wait a second. Welcome to Feeding Curiosity. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible is one of those things that I use. If I'm not listening to a podcast, I'm listening to an audiobook. And if it wasn't for podcasts like this one, I would never have been an Audible subscriber. And so with this podcast, you guys are going to get a free month trial and a free book of your choosing if you use our code audibletrial.com slash feedingcuriosity in the link in the description below. And before we get started, I want to give you guys some books to get you started. First off, I'm feeling in a sci-fi mood. So obviously I'm going to recommend Andy Weir's The Martian. It's an amazing book if you're anything like an engineer and you like uh, factful science when written in sci-fi. It's a great book to start. Also, he was written Artemis as well. Also a great book. That one is about living on the moon. Martian, you probably know if you've watched the movie with Matt Damon. I hope I didn't get that wrong. Anyways, other than that, we're going to go with a fantasy book too. We're going to talk about the uh, first Blade trilogy, which is written by Joe Abercrombie, and it is an amazing series. It's kind of like a hidden gem. It's not even that old, and he just has this amazing, well-crafted story, and I really hope you guys go check those out. And with that, go to audibletrial.com slash feedingcuriosity to redeem your free book and one-month trial today. Hello, and welcome to Feeding Curiosity. I'm your host, Eric Wenzel, with another episode. And today's conversation, we're with a kind of a friend on the fringes of our group. He, his name is Johnny Michael, and he is a active-duty police officer. Prior to that, he was a, a served in the military overseas and was deployed for a couple years. And... You know, when I heard about his, his story or a little bit about him before I got him on the podcast, I really got into, like, you know, the question I thought of was, what does it mean to wear a uniform? And at the age of 27, he's worn two different uniforms, and he still wears one today, obviously. We only only talk about that. We talk about a lot of, like, how why he trains and things like that, too. And I get into my own practices as well. And it's a nuanced conversation. I really enjoyed it, and there'll probably be more of these. So... And with that, I hope you guys really enjoy these as we start to branch out in a larger, larger network of people. And it's a great conversation, and I learned a lot, and I really enjoyed it. And I want to give a shout-out to Johnny for coming in and doing this on, you know, the drop of a hat, so to speak. You know, I, I reached out to him, and he said, sure, why not? And no, no questions asked, so it was pretty awesome. So with that, we're going to give you my conversation with Johnny Michael. All right, everybody, I'm here with... Johnny Michael, right? Yeah, that's what, yeah. Is that what everyone calls you? Yeah, that works. So you're kind of like on the fringes of our friend group right now. And I and I kind of see your Instagram stories and all that kind of stuff. And I thought you'd be an interesting person just because of the little background that I know. Because uh, you're already a cop and you served in the military and stuff like that. So I think that's a good place to start. Um, just a little bit of background. 
Yeah, so I uh, did the military right out of high school uh, in 2009. Mm-hmm. I did it for three and a half years. Uh, went overseas in 2010 to Afghanistan. Came back, did uh, law enforcement because it was my job. Uh, I was an MP. And once I got out of there, I went to school, kept testing for uh, police departments. And now I'm on my third year being a police officer here. Nice. So that's kind of one of the things that intrigued me because, you know, everyone who talks about like they want to become a police officer and stuff, they never, you know, it's like almost next to impossible. You have to kind of go to somewhere bad or, you know, or place that needs it. Right. Right. And so I'm just curious about that process because. You know, a little testing process. Yeah, just to get into it. You yeah, know. so uh, there's websites that post uh, job postings. Uh, for instance, the blueline.com, they'll post it. And uh, basically they say, hey, this is what we need. It can be anywhere for you need to have. Be at least 21 years old. Uh, be able to pass a physical fitness test, which consists of whatever they specify. It could be a run, push-up, sit-ups, bench press, your body weight. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Education-wise, they'll be anywhere from a high school diploma, mm-hmm. uh, two-year degree, four-year degree. Or if you did military, they will waive that and put that as a requirement for that instead of doing college. And then once you do that, you test. Uh, after you test, you get back your score, and then they contact you for the next thing. So, like, for instance, after, if you pass it and you make it on their top, say, 30, like yeah. for my department, you move on to the uh, – you do a polygraph test, mm-hmm. sit you down, do a questionnaire and everything. What, what have you done in your past? Ask you all that. Yeah. And then they do a drug test, sit down with a psychological person, do a psyche eval, sit there. It's a whole, you know, personality test. Yeah. I think it's like 1,200 questions. Holy it, takes, <laughs> it takes you about three or four hours to do all these questions. It's just basically checking to see if you know you're not crazy or anything. Yeah. You're fit for the job. And then after that, uh, you do the interview with the police and fire commissioners. After that, you wait if they put you on a list. And then once you get your call, like I finally did in 2015. And then, uh, how many years did you have to wait or months? So I waited about two and a half years. Wow. So I got picked up by uh, Chicago PD first. Okay. And I was in the academy for a month there. Mm-hmm. Got a phone call from the suburbs out here, and I decided that it's a better fit for me. Yeah. So that's where I'm at now. That's cool. Uh, so did the military background, did that help you get in or anything like that? Or did you look for that just out of curiosity? Yeah, I think if, uh, I believe it's five preference points. Mm-hmm. They'll give you. It. Oh, okay. It helps you on the list a little bit. It's, it um, just kind of bumps you up and up a couple yeah. notches. Some places will also give you preference points. I think if you like a master's degree, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes. Oh, okay, that makes important. sense. Yeah, so education also gives you preference points mm-hmm. instead of just having a high school. Diploma. Right. Yeah, because they know that you put extra effort into other things, basically. Right. Um, so then, I guess from there we could go for like even further back. Like, did you know you wanted to be in the military or things like that? Or just kind of like, what do you see the military as like that? Cause you know, right now wearing a uniform is kind of a, a debated topic in the world. And you know, a lot of young people our age kind of, you know, right. Kind of disrespectful Different. to it. Right. So growing up as a kid, like the whole thing, when I saw a police officer, you, you respected them. That's they're, they're a public figure. They're a role model. You're supposed to look up to them. They tell you to do something, just do it. If you feel like it's wrong, then, then you can take care of that later on. But, I mean, that's what a, you see a police officer going on the street, we'd wave to it. Nowadays, it's, you go down the street and you're getting racial slurs thrown at you saying that you're racist. Right, yeah. You know? And then it's, it's just totally, it's a 180. Mm-hmm. You know, I know they've had all these incidences lately with, you know, they say police brutality and everything. But, yeah, as I tell everybody hundreds of times, you can't have one seed affect the rest of us. Right. I yeah. got it. This is a job that you want to be, that you're looked at, you're under a microscope 24 mm-hmm. seven, but 
one bad person doesn't make us all bad cops. Yeah. That's the whole thing. Um, it's just different nowadays compared to the, what it was years ago. Yeah. I mean, I remember growing up around here, you know, everyone kind of makes fun of the suburb cops because they don't have enough stuff to do. But, you know, I, I just find it so strange like because without people like that, especially in the areas that really need it, you, you know, it would be really noticeable, right? And you kind of get stuck in this catch twenty two. And you've—I'm pretty sure you've seen all those like crazy videos of people who are yelling at the cops for just you know controlling riots or whatever like that. And I just find it so so strange that people, you know, it, it's going above and beyond. Like you know, right. with it's, with nine and eleven just ha- like the anniversary happening again, you kind of remember all of the uh, you know the sacrifices that were made by all the service men and women that were part of that day and I, I, used, exactly. I saw you share a whole bunch of stuff on yeah. it uh, I mean that whole thing and that was a I mean I was I think it happened when it, so 17 years ago yeah we I were like I was like 6, six uh, 10 years old 11 years old something like, like that like 4th grade or something like that yeah so I was in I was in grade school maybe 6 I can't remember it was that long ago yeah it was really long ago I know they put it on the TVs at the elementary school that you just passed right yeah. <laughs> I was actually I was at home and I was eating cereal oh yeah it was in the morning and then they yeah. put it on again during school <laughs> I had no clue what the you know the yeah. trade center was when I was a kid I'm like my dad what is this and they're like uh, it's a huge building in New York City and then I remember watching the second plane at the towers. Here I am, a little kid, seeing something right. horrific like that. And you know it's not a movie. It's something yeah. real. So that kind of stuck with me through the years. And that actually was like kind of the reason why I did the military. Yeah, that makes um, sense. I just thought this was my duty to... Serve something serve. greater. Exactly. <laughs> and, and help better myself for the future. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that day still looks back every day. And I mean, 10 years ago... I deployed overseas on September 11th for their anniversary. Did you really? Wow. So September. So the 10th year anniversary, I deployed on that day. And then here I am now doing law enforcement mm-hmm. did, uh, 17 years later. Did you uh, go straight into the military right after high school? Yeah. I, oh, wow. signed, I actually signed up when I was 17. Um, oh, so you did the early deployment? Yeah, I or early, uh, mom and dad's period? permission, but they were totally for that considering my oldest brother was already in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I come from a military family as well so yeah i joined at 17 pretty much and then three and a half years there <laughs> that's, that's crazy yeah because you know you know, some of our friends all have been in but they didn't get to really deploy they wouldn't you know come with some like bodyguard duties and like bar and stuff like that but to actually hear some someone who's actually been there is, is is interesting especially as young as you have been yeah um you know, and I, I spend a lot of time listening to podcasts like from Jocko Willink and things like that, just listening to what it was like then, you know, and, and for me, it's it's a little weird, right, because I'm not a service man or anything like that. But um, I spend a lot of time trying to to reconcile that kind of stuff, because if for me, it puts it in perspective, like the sacrifice and stuff like, exactly. you know, around here, you know, we, we have problems with like our commute or whatever, you know, they seem so small when you put it in perspective or something like that, right. where, where you, where you wake up one day and you're, you know, you're in a desert and you don't know if <laughs> your explosions in the background or something like that. And, you know, had that happened many times, but that, that, honestly being over there, like also just taught me to, to learn to cherish the little things in life. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. There were times where we didn't even shower for weeks. I didn't eat a hot meal for weeks. And, that you come home and like everybody back here is like, hey, let's go party and stuff. I got, <laughs> I got a medicine box. Like I slept on the ground. I slept on a cot. Yeah. I slept in my truck. I didn't get the shower every day. <laughs> it's little things like that. Like you actually start saying like, wow, I, I miss this. And like you appreciate, you become more of an appreciative person. Yeah. After going through all that. And that's just how I've been now. I, I 
everything I have in my life. I've, I've worked, I've earned it. I busted mm-hmm. my butt for it. And I wouldn't be where I am today, honestly, without doing the military. Yeah. It's helped me become who I am today. So, so a lot of what I know from the military is, is a lot of like, I guess, higher level kind of like bookish things where, you, where people get into like stoic philosophy. I don't know if you've kind of just picked up on it. So stoicism is kind of like being like less negative reactive, like being cool under pressure kind of. Right. Yeah. Um, and just kind of, like you said, being more appreciative of the small things and, and, you know, you might not pick up on it, but it's, it's like an undertone of all of the military. Um, and I, I find there's so much usability in that within just applying that to like business and stuff like that. And I try oh, to, absolutely. I try to take that like mindset and apply it to everything. And I, I'm assuming you already have a lot of that because you've, you had to work for what you, you know, when you're yeah. military, you work oh, out yeah. constantly, all that stuff. And I think that's a probably a good point is kind of like talking about where you're at now with like, you know, you're trying to do like a, you just kind of share your life on, on social media, like a little bit with like working out and stuff like that. And kind of just explain your process. Oh, I that. came before that. Yeah. yeah so, just uh, like I actually started the whole working out thing when I was 19. So right after I got to my first duty station in uh, New York and doing PT in the army, they make you run two miles. You do push-ups in a minute and sit-ups in a minute. And honestly, yeah. you can get by with the minimum, but I didn't like the minimum. I, <laughs> I wanted to be stronger. I wanted to be bigger. I wanted to be faster. So I took time and I would always go right after work, right to the gym. Yeah. Uh, work out for a couple hours, come home. I did that at least five, four or five times a week. And I, mean, I wasn't big on the partying thing because I just didn't believe that would help. And um, I just kept moving forward with that years later here. I just, it taught me, I don't even know how to say it. I mean, it's just discipline, it, I guess. Yeah. Discipline with your body. Um, the things I, I, you know, I weighed 155 pounds. Wow, you're like as big as me right now. I'm weighing like 210 pounds. And, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't come over. It takes time, and that's a lot of thing like a, a lot of people have with an issue. Like mm-hmm. they, they, they think it just happens overnight, and it takes me. It took me about seven, eight, nine years to get where I am right now, and I'm still mm-hmm. not satisfied where I'm at. Every day, I'm still working to get where I'm at. Right. And that's why with the whole social media thing, I just, I like the, my whole thing is, with my, especially with my job and being fit for duty and everything, I like helping others. Yeah. I like people coming to me. I'm not no certified nutritionist, dietitian. Right. You know, any of those people that have those certifications that they pay $6,000 for. I don't, <laughs> I don't have, I don't have any of that. I just, years of reading, mm-hmm. trial and error, what worked for me, what didn't work for me. Right. Everybody's body's different. Absolutely. So you take what you want from me as like, when I put out advice and stuff, I, I love that. Yeah. Everybody's got to have it. It's, every, it's different. Yeah. For each person. So I just, I felt like starting out and like posting my videos or people have always messaged me, what do you do for this or what's your nutrition and all that? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I don't count my, like my macros. That's like a big thing. And that I'm not a strict dieter. You know, I I enjoy a a cheap meal here and there. Mm -hmm. I enjoy it. Enjoy the little things. In life. Right. Yeah. Because if I'm going to see a donut on the table, I'm not going to say I'm not going to eat that donut, <laughs> which is why I love. Right. Hence the whole. I know the irony in that sentence. The irony, <laughs> of, my, the irony of my name look for donuts for social media because it, one, a I'm a cop. Oh, yeah. I totally cop, forgot about that. Cop has that whole joke of oh, pigs like the donuts is what they say. Hey, I love donuts, man. It just two and two go together. I'm a cop and I love donuts. Right. Shocking, yeah. I know. So then that's why like. I changed my name to Lift for Donuts. So I just thought it was hilarious, especially with me being a cop. And uh, but then people, like I said, back to the whole messaging me about uh, nutrition and stuff. Yeah. I just feel like, hey, I so many people reach out to me, and that's like my whole job is I want to help other people out. Yeah. I want them to reach their goals. I 
it working out it's like it's that uh endorphins you get that that mm-hmm. eye effect oh, yeah. afterwards and when you feel good there's i mean there's days when i feel like crap in the gym everybody and does everybody, <laughs> yeah, i'm motivated but you gotta mentally think and you know i had a bad day yesterday don't let that affect the rest of your week mm-hmm. keep going and i mean you put your mind to it your body will will per, it will perform yeah it's all mental like for me like the, the it's funny like it, it's so parallels but like for for you to say that like the you don't not one size fits all is huge because right. there's so many people out there that say this is what worked for me and it'll work for you. And I think that's such a it's such a it's huge incorrect way of doing it because there's so many options out there. And like you said, when you don't count macros, I think when you count macros, there's some people that love it and they, they that's like the way some they people don't. Right. And I, I personally think that for the average person, like if you're, you know, I'm not going to be, you know, a world record holder in anything right. sport related at this point not in my life. You know, big shot, Mr. Olympia. Right. I'm not going to be that person at this point in my life. But so I'm, you know, for me, I'm just doing it to be, you know, be as healthy as possible, right. you know, instead of being that 30 something year old who has kids and can't even like chase his kids around, you know, He's out of breath going upstairs. Right. Exactly. Like, I don't want to be the guy that sits behind a desk and doesn't move more than a couple thousand steps a day. That's you like know. my whole thing too. Like people always say, Oh, you're, you're fit and everything. Honestly, I tell people, what is your definition of fit? There is no yeah. exact definition of fit. It could be some guy who's, who looks like he's 260 pounds, yeah. but he, this guy can run five miles. And right. Every person has a different form of fit. It could be the, the smallest guy. It can be the biggest guy. Yeah. As long as you're better than yourself than you were before. I think you're yeah. fit then. That's what, that's what my biggest thing. So when I, I barely did anything like athletic in high school or anything like that from my, from my personal standpoint. And then when uh, I think I was a 21 or so, I, I basically was like, I need to change something because I was drinking like six cans of pop a day and just saw myself. It's <laughs> <That's> not good. <laughs> well, yeah, I just saw myself becoming that like lazy person, you know, right. kind of had a good job. And it was just like, OK, like the the school mental side of things is kind of figured out. But like right. there's this physical deficit that I needed to try and figure out. And so I instead of just taking it like the meathead approach and because I couldn't do that, this is not how I work. Right. I, I basically started reading as much as I could about everything and learning how to lift. And then the biggest step was mentally just checking my ego at the door, like taking my mentality and be like, OK, this is what I did like in high school four plus years ago. Let's not try to do that again. Yeah, let's just hurt. like let's just start at zero. Like I don't know anything anymore. I'm exactly. a beginner and just do everything and so since then i've like you can see i got like rucksacks and battle ropes and then upstairs i got another one uh i got the steel mace and stuff like that (laughs) yeah like i I just i buy like all the interesting stuff because i don't like i like you know traditional lifting and stuff like that but i try to do Do more full body stuff yeah fun because everybody you know you sit there and curl dumbbells all day you're gonna get bored of that after a while right switching it up like doing the battle ropes Awesome. Yeah. I love that stuff. Like, variety. You need a variety. And then, like, part of it, too, is, like, I always wanted to be functional, right? So, like, that's, like, one of your core undertones because you're a cop and you're in the military. Like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> like, you need to be able to perform, right? You can't just be doing the, the quote-unquote beach muscles all the time. Right. And You're wearing 30, 40 pounds a year. Uh, right. Oh, I didn't even think about that. You're, you know, go you ahead and explain that. You got, you know, standard cop these days. He's got his pistol, at least three magazines, a taser, pepper spray. Uh, baton, first aid kit. I had. I luckily carry mine all my best, but that's still it's about mm-hmm. thirty pound vest plus your armor and everything. Yeah, you know it's. 
that's what you need to be in shape for because when you're running up in our town we don't have elevators in our apartment <laughs> complexes so when they say it's on a third floor you're running up those stairs you're up those stairs and if it's a domestic and they're beating each other up you better hurry up and get up there quick. Mm-hmm. i mean there's people unfortunately in my department too that sadly are not out of shape right they let the job get to them mm-hmm. they're out there eating fast food every day their idea is because oh i got a chicken sandwich from burger king that's healthy yeah. it's not it's bad it's fast food so mm-hmm. it's, like i said nothing wrong with grabbing fast food once or twice a week <laughs> nothing wrong with it i eat my chipotle once in a while but 80 80 20 is the way i look at diet right, <laughs> right exactly 80 percent of the time you're good get to other 20 percent i like more towards the 90 10 but <laughs> <laughs> hey that's good too though like it just depends on the week too I, but i just the whole like just don't let the job take over your life like mm-hmm. take over and let you get out of shape because i mean there's guys they they walk inside, they get out of their car, they're out of breath. It's wow. And like years later, you're going to have a heart attack. Yeah, exactly. 30 years on the job and then you have a heart attack later. It's, it's sad. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, they always say, uh, I learned this from a lieutenant in the army as a civilian cop that worked with me. He always said, don't be that guy who can't make it up the stairs for backup. Yep. I mean, that's a really good. <laughs> it's, and then he, he made a little diagram. I used, I, I wish I could have that picture. So it's just a simple little like diagram you make on with circles saying, did you work out today? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. You're good. No. See the previous go work out. That's a t-shirt right there. Right. Keep yeah. that idea in the back of your head. That's it. You don't work out today. <laughs> I understand you take a rest day and all that, but if you're sitting on the couch all day playing video games, you're not doing yeah. it. Hey, even 60 minutes of activity, go walk your dog. You 15 dog. minute walk. Like. Right. <laughs> 15, even if you're out any, any type of walk, just go walk around the block or something. Yeah. My wife's always saying, let's go walk the dogs. But that's after I come do a leg day. So I don't really <laughs> walk anymore. So. But it's any form of exercise. Yeah. You, you'll appreciate it later on in your life. Think you're, what you do today is what's going to affect you. Yeah. The, like the way I, way I th- put it, is like, you know, those nights when you go drink like crazy, you're borrowing from tomorrow, right? Because right. you're hung over the next day. Right. You don't want to go work out. So so working out is like you're you're paying dividends for tomorrow, right? Right. You, People are like, oh, that's a low-calorie beer. No problem. I'll be fine. Right. Oh, it's back. It'll be on my system. No, you're dumb. If you want to go drink every night and get stupid drunk, hey, that's on you. Mm-hmm. Go do you, but... I, I'm past I'm way past that age now. I've had yeah, my fun party in college and our, I have no problem going out having a having a beer or two. Yeah, with dinner or yeah, whatever. <laughs> we go grab food and stuff like yeah. you know, kumas or something. But mm-hmm. like the whole let's go work out, it's not helping yourself. Yeah, I know. Taking away the effects. You know you actually will notice too, like it'll shrink like your you just go and uh, your muscles just start shrinking mm-hmm. from the drinking. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's I, I mean, yeah, there's been times in the army where I had a rough <laughs> night the before, and I'm like, oh, I'll just go ahead at the gym really quick. Right. It'll be fine. But yeah, I kick myself in the ass every time saying, hey, I got to stop. Like one of the, the weirdest things that I notice as I get older is food, like like you just mentioned, kumas, like a giant greasy burger, or like pizza. Those things like really don't sit well in my stomach now. And what I'll what I'll do is I take a probiotic ninety percent of the time. You know, yeah, those, those, those ba- bacterial cultures and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, I think those are like some of the most important things we should most people should be like ingesting on a regular basis because of how much greens and yeah, people aren't getting enough vegetables. Yeah, that's you. I so I use a, a brand called Athletic Greens. So uh, they're just a full like basically it's like a supercharged multivitamin. I can show you after this. It's got like yeah. a huge label. It's got like hundreds of things in it. Yeah, that's what. That's the same thing. Like I take. I'm sure you seen on my snap. Oh yeah, I did actually. I take, I take all of like um, first war products. I, my friend uh, weeded me onto these products a couple of years ago, and I've been taking them ever since. And 
they have a huge variety of things, you know, weight loss, fat loss, mm-hmm. greens. I've taken these greens ever since I've been on them. Unless they run out of limited order. I right, yeah. Every day, people are like, oh, that tastes bad. Just mix it with juice or something. Yeah, you or, can mix it with anything. Hey, I, I'm used to, I've taken some pretty bad pre-workouts <laughs> back in the day, and, like, they didn't taste that well, so I'm just, I'm just <laughs> Oh, yeah, I totally forgot it. how bad protein but powders used to it be. It just helps with the bloating. Yep. Um, I, I take a vitamin pack, which is all your micronutrients, mm-hmm. you know, your oil, your fatty oils, and fish oils, or veggies, and probiotics, and all yeah. that. Yeah. It, it helps. It, it, it's going to help you in the long run if you yeah, keep when, doing it on a daily basis. That's one of the things that always bothers me was people's like, what are your supplements? You know, like there's some sort of magical thing. Right. <laughs> that's the huge thing. Like I learned with this company, they say, you know, they say they're here to help you. They're not a magic mm-hmm. pill. It's just help to help. Yes. Lead the way. It's not going to give you overnight results saying, hey, <laughs> you take this. and Like if you think of it as a pyramid, right? Exactly. The, what you eat, like the base of it. Yep. Is what is the like the you know what you eat and then how you work out are the top bottom two exactly. things and then supplements are on the very tippy top but that's where all of the money in the industry is and so and that's what's sad about all this I mean I remember growing well, like as a kid I'd see all these magazines and it's still like this today where you go pick up you know a, a muscle magazine at the store and they got Arnold Schwarzenegger or right Cutler, or, you know <laughs> Phil Heath on these things and they think oh I want to be like Phil Heath and be a monster right because he takes this product I'm mm-hmm. gonna get huge like him no it's not like that that's no. the problem and everybody has that I've seen it many times people go to the store and say oh I want to take these products because this guy takes this right no it's that's what's wrong about the fitness yeah. industry too. It's a huge false misconception about all that. Yeah, people, you take this magic pill, you're gonna burn all the weight off or whatever it is. I know. I I've been through so many phases where I try to like, you know, I've tried everything under the sun basically, right. and then I, I basically the way I look at it now is is what can I buy that is going to give me the largest effect and help for the, for the like for the minimum amount of money or products that I have to take. You know, so exactly. I like I said, I take the green a green supplement, maybe like a fish oil or something like that. And mm-hmm. then I'll take like, I'm like really into nootropics. So I'll take alpha brain or right. Like uh, lion's mane mushrooms or something like that. But for the most part, and then protein, cause you can never really go wrong with right. more, a protein in the morning. Yeah, or something. Yeah. Meal replacement shakes. Yeah. All that. And I vitamins green, like you said, probiotics, all that stuff's good. I take pre-workout too, cause I'm a caffeine junkie. Yeah. Everybody's got to have that little <laughs> kick in the butt. They get the, I know. I see you try all those different bang ones and yeah. things like that and give taste yeah, tests. Lots, lots, lots bangs taste syrupy now. And I've, I've tried my, my, the guy in our town, he got me hooked on these, uh, these beyond lit. Oh yeah, I've heard of those too. Yeah, I I just people complain because it's got beta alanine in it and they don't like the the tingly feel. Oh, people don't like that stuff. I like. I those. love it. There's times like even on a road trip when we went to Florida, I drank those and like yeah. friggin' I'll show you the one I use because my eyelids were like fidgeting. I can really? feel it on my eyelids. I'm like, this is great. This is, <laughs> that's what I love though because it, it it makes you alert and I love it. Yeah. I, I so the cool thing about beta alanine is it's actually one of those. It's a is it. It's kind of like a nootropic. There's a lot of good research on what beta alanine can do. Mm-hmm. So it helps you with focus and attention. Absolutely. Kind of like caffeine does, but caffe- without the jitteriness, right? Because jittery, obviously, caffeine. <laughs> right. Caffeine, you're bouncing off the wall, you know. Right. Um, I do I do want to say, though, that when after a while, I have to, like, force myself not to take a pre-workout because... <laughs> You get tired of all the caffeine. You do a caffeine one or not? Yeah, I do have a caffeine one. Yeah. But I try to try like maybe take a week or so off. You got the tolerance and everything. Yeah, because I finally I feel like I, you know, I'm not really getting something out of it. It's just kind of like part of the schedule. Right. Then. Up here, so here's up another three hundred milligrams of caffeine. You right. Me and you're just like, oh, you still feel dead. It's like, yeah. It's I totally get that because you're you know, your glands and hormones and all yeah. that crap is 
you're overloaded with it. And the, I mean, they got sin free ones too. Yeah, I've tried a few I've, here and there, I've but the flavor is really not the greatest in some right, of those. Mainly it's just creatine and, and beta alanine yeah. and stuff. And take the break. I mean, I took a break for two weeks. I came back. I felt great. Yeah, I exactly. Think I need another break coming up soon. Yeah, because I've been. I think it's totally worth cycling because oh, yeah. there's diminishing returns with anything you take, especially something that affects your brain. Oh yeah, caffeine and, it's a huge stimulant. And mm-hmm. that's, I honestly, besides alcohol, that's a huge abuse drug these yeah. days. And how many times you the Starbucks line or dunk absolutely like every single day? Yeah, you don't have how many times you're just saying, "I need my cup of coffee." Yep. before before I get to work. That, that's the way I see it. It's like I wrote a blog post about it called "Rethinking Caffeine" not too long ago. Basically, it was it was like exactly what you're saying, where where we kind of use it to function normally, where we're all don't sleep enough or you know and, and then we just take caffeine just to cut the edge off to wake up and then you know two o'clock rolls around we're tired and we you know take another thing energy drink yep. or whatever and, and i think if we got better sleep and we would take caffeine to like you know turn it up to 11 so to speak it would right. be better for everybody right because that's what a whole pre-workout the idea of a pre-workout is anyways right, right. this is supposed there to take to, you to another level so that you can push yourself that much harder right. otherwise endurance, focus yeah or pump you know everything they say on the label right energy that's and i think if people took that idea of it and just applied that broadly across the board it would be just more healthy you know right i mean too much caffeine too i mean it's, it's bad for your heart yeah exactly and you get high blood pressure after a while i think the two is like you said from the beginning is it depends on the person so there's people out there that respond really well to caffeine and some people like me who are caffeine sensitive are you really yeah so what happens if you take too much i take too much i mean my heart is just pounding i mean it's gonna explode i'll, I'll still sweat like i'll get yeah. home i'll shower and i'll get out of shower i'm still sweating wow I'm still pounding i mean yeah it might be from doing some cardio too after that but still mm-hmm. it's like there's been times where i've taken caffeine i've noticed for a day like i'm still sweating because i still have it in my system wow even like at work it's like 100 degrees outside mm-hmm. i got my gear on i'm soaking my undershirt right yeah i'm like it's caffeine still in my system i drink a cup of coffee Mm-hmm. One, two, three cups. I won't stop talking. You can tell. I just like it. Like when I start work at six in the morning, and you see my face. You either know he had his caffeine already, or he has. He's talking, and he's not talking. You can see the eyes. The eyes are looking like the dragon. <laughs> that means I haven't had caffeine yet. That's can, pretty good. There's two different types of me when I have caffeine and not caffeine. Yeah, I, a couple of my friends are the same way. Is you know pre coffee and then post coffee. <laughs> exactly. You can't stop talking. You're just yeah. constantly talking. See, I, I think I'm one of those weird people that. I never really drank coffee for a long time. Like my my go to thing was was pop, right? Obviously, the caffeine's in there. Right. It's not a lot, but it's still there, right? It's if you're drinking, right. if you're drinking a little bit, and then like once I quit, like it turned into pre workout, right? And then like if I knew I was taking it, you know, it's three hundred milligrams. It's a lot, so I'm not like gonna ingest more of it throughout the day right. because it just sounds <laughs> like over, overkill, right? Yeah. Um, and I just think it's, you know, when you look in the research for sleep, like if you take it post, I think it's like 12 o'clock in yeah, the afternoon, it, saying, it really you know, affects your sleep. Take it, don't take it eight hours before you go to bed. Right. Yeah. And, it, you know, even then it's still not great because it's still in your system. And I <laughs> I never drank actually coffee. I didn't start drinking coffee till I was a cop. Shocking. <laughs> I just, wow. Like, that's pretty good. Right, though. My whole life was just pre-workout. So I just had the pre-workout. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty good, though. I, mean, I was mixing coffee and pre-workout, oof. which is like, you know, dancing with the devil right here. And especially because yeah. you're caffeine sensitive. Like. Right. And then you know, I work uh, right now. I'm on a day shift. So I get off at 4 p.m. I go mm-hmm. usually train at four. Yeah. And I go to bed at eight or, you know, 930 at night. That's mm-hmm. five hours after taking caffeine. So right. I, there's days where I, I'll just take a simulate free one. 
Um, there's days where I can actually take the caffeine and I can go crash afterwards, though. Right. And yeah. There's I also mean, nights where I have I'm up till two in the morning. I can't sleep. I'm tossing <laughs> thirty minutes, or you're still you got to pee every like hour. Yeah. Totally get. Yeah. I've been there. I've done it all. Mm-hmm. Sucks sometimes. So I guess the other question too would be like, do you have like any like specific workout routines that you like to do? You know, besides just you know the typical. Oh, like let's go do you know like they say chest days for the bro. Right, yeah, stuff like that. Like, do you have like any things that like your your bread and butter kind of stuff? Yeah, routines. I switched. I used to do the whole bodybuilding thing, like you know, eat eat to have strict meals and you know, right, yeah. Today, Tuesdays or Mondays are chest and Tuesdays back, so on, so on, legs once a week. Right, collected my legs and I kick myself in the butt for that every (laughs) single day (laughs) because now I train on legs like two three times a day and i switched over recently to powerlifting oh nice a year and a half ago uh, a couple of my friends did it I have not competed yet they keep canning me saying go compete then we'll talk or something but oh they, do they compete yeah they do, like, they'll go to meets and everything yeah and there's like different different organizations with the meets they have them locally around here glenn allen and so on mm-hmm. but i mean that mainly focuses on their squat bench and deadlift yeah so I follow um, what's called my friend pointed out the Wendler program. It's called five three one. Yeah. So it's you, read, you can flip through it and it says like you know this day you're gonna change, train this this and that and it, it tells you take your max you multiply you do your like today I did uh, chest so I had to do sets of three so I do like two warm ups and mm-hmm. I do these three working sets and seventy percent eighty percent and ninety percent of your max whatever max yeah and i follow that i mean i kind of tweak it here and there though because i'm like i don't like if, if i'm just trying to focus on like legs that day yeah i only do squats because it also say like go train your back too on that i don't i try yeah i don't really agree with that too much because right. i would always i would find my back gets too tired exactly after doing squats you know low, low back kind of so if i do a leg day i'll be mostly focused on squats and i'll do different variations of that but i mean I've been on, I've been following that program for a year now. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I take a break just to kind of do my own thing. But right. it's, I mean, drastically, you stick to the plan. It's going to help you later. Yeah. Because I, my weight hasn't really changed. I noticed myself getting stronger. Mm-hmm. I mean, a year and a half ago, I was maybe squatting like four or five pounds. Yeah. For one, and now it's it's gone up forty pounds, which oh, is huge. That's pretty good for yes. as long as you've been working out, right? And especially being twenty seven years old, right? <laughs> I got knee problems, I got back problems. <laughs> that's why I, I it amazes me when I'm, I pulled five hundred twenty pounds on a deadlift. I'm just yeah, like, holy cow! You know, a year ago four hundred five, I couldn't even pull up. Right. Yeah. It. That's where, like I said, the whole kick comes all the way back to that whole mental thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen guys who are older and they, they're pulling the heavier weight too, and it's all mental. Mm-hmm. If you want to do it, do it. If you work, my wife always told me too. If you want something good enough, you're gonna work for it. Yeah, absolutely. If you want it bad enough, <laughs> get it. And you know, he go and say, "I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it." You're gonna get it. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have days where you fall down, get back up. It's just so it's yeah. It, I think a lot of people too. What happens is like you know they fall off the train one day and then they break themselves for the whole next day. And then, they, then because they do that, they don't yep. come back, you know, they just don't come back to the train. Exactly. And then they, you know, then it turns into a habit, you know, where people, you know, the new, res, new year's start, resolution start thing. burning out and everything. Yeah. I mean, I get burned. Everybody's going to burn out. You're going to burn out sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I hate doing cardio. I hate <laughs> Who it, doesn't? But I have to do it for my job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have to do it for my health. I'm 27 years old. I'm coming up to 30. I'm going to have to still stay in shape. At least mm-hmm. do it twice a week. Now I neglect abs. Honestly, you can build your abs more. Like I use my 
main core lifestyle, build my abs. Mm-hmm. But I still do it on the side. It just helps with my back too. Right. A therapist. That that's, that's why I do stuff like this because right. those things are all like ten, like you know, battle ropes and, and rucksacks and kettlebells. Those things all like work. Right. Yeah, all that connective tissue. Over your shoulder. You throw that on your shoulder. Your yeah. That you can do so much with that stuff. I know. Great. <laughs> like the stuff that you don't think is working. It like a lot of it too is just being consciously aware of it because there's a lot of people that when when you lift you're not like thinking about ten like increasing the tension throughout your entire body right yeah that's that was huge too i i had a problem when i started like i just didn't have the breathing down oh yeah that's that's really big (laughs) from like social media i've watched other people's videos it's like the top like the more like pop not like elite, but they're like the popular power. Yeah. Right now. Like even girls, I've, I've watched their videos and they've given like their tips they've given out. I'm like, let me try that. I'm like, wow, it works. The whole breathing, like that's probably the biggest thing I had an issue with. And now like you, if you get your breathing down, you're going to hit that weight so easily. Yeah. Because you, you, it's when you're pushing back up that the, oh, yeah. the weight gets stuck. Cause you're not, because if you breathe out, you you're able to red do, and everything. Yeah. If you, I mean, if you see my videos, one of that I post online, you kind of see my body. It's all about that diaphragm. You get that huge amount of air. Mm-hmm. You, if you hear the noise that I make when I, when I <laughs> like that sounds like that. And I'm like, yeah, I feel my air. Like, like I feel my, I will fill my entire body up with air, and then I mm-hmm. hold that until I come up about about three quarters or quarter, about halfway three quarters, and I'll start exhaling mm-hmm. my breathing. And from that, that's got me the numbers I've got today. Nice technique. That's all it is. And I think you said, wait, like you said a while ago, the whole ego lifting. Yeah. That's the problem with a lot of people that. Especially when it comes to powerlifting, right? Right. <laughs> Check your ego. I mean, there's days where you're not, not going to be able to pick up the weight. You're going to be exhausted. Your hands are going to be sore. Your grip's not going to be there. Mm-hmm. But there's also a thing saying, like, oh, I'm just going to go more about one set and just go pick up 900 pounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to hurt your back. That's a great way to throw your back out. <laughs> I mean, you and I work out at the same gym. You see those ego lifters all the time. Oh, all the time. It's, they. They're too busy flexing the mirror and everything, and and it's just like it's wh- not smart. What I find myself doing too is if, especially like, so for me, I found out like powerlifting for me as a person my size is actually like it's like my go-to if I want to like start oh absolutely gaining strength and stuff. Oh, yeah. Like I, my body just responds to it really well, and I actually just got my uh, twenty-three and me results back, and I have a g- genetic variant that's found in elite power lifters. Ironically, okay, yeah, <laughs> and you're not as tall. That's what's tough. yeah. I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I'm speed tall. I'm short too, so I have that strength to power ratio that's crazy for my size. Like I could have been a gymnast if I wanted to, right? Yeah, <laughs> guys, I follow on social media. He's like, he's probably probably about your height. Yeah, I squat seven hundred pounds. Right. Because he's got that, it's the height, the taller you are, it's, it's so much harder to pick up. The, mm-hmm. You got more of a freaking, you got to go down far yeah. for the squat. It, it's it's, it's all the mechanical advantage. Yeah, I'm six foot tall, and I'm like, God, oh, this sucks. And I bend over yeah. and all that, but oh um, yeah, it's better to do it when you're shorter. I'm trying to, but basically what, like, what winds up happening is like, if I'm doing too heavy for too long, I have to remember like your form kind of gets loose and you you start slipping. And then I like, I immediately, I like after like, I don't know, maybe a month or so I I immediately rein back and I drop the weight, you know, to something light, like 135 or whatever on the bar and just do strict form, you know, all the way full range of motion and just like turn into like almost like a a weighted stretch kind of, and just get really used to doing it properly again. That's what I use my deload leaks for. Right. Yeah. In case like those out there listening, like deloading, you know, you're not doing 400 pounds on squats for reps. You're you're cutting it in half, mm-hmm. three quarters of that. You're just it's short reps and it's it's not as much weight. You're still you know you're still out there exercising, but you're not 
It's a different version. Right. You're not putting that load on your body because your body needs, after a while, your joints are going to catch up. The pain and everything's going to catch up in your body. Yeah. You're going to, you know, my back's a little tight right now lately. And so I'd like this week's going to be a deal of lead. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to hurt. It's, it's helping yourself so you don't injure yourself. Right. Because your yeah. body's going to get to a point where it's not going to be able to pick up. It's going to get down. You're going to squat, you know, four or 500 pounds. And once you're down there, you're going to hear a pop. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I, that's kind of the way I've always looked at working out is, is, is respect it and then avoid injuries like as much as possible. Like I've never really had any major injuries. I did have like on wood. Like yeah, like (laughs) thankfully. But like I I I did have like, you know, some knee soreness from like like I don't even know if it was like tendonitis or stuff, but it was like when I would go down and squat, I would feel like something where it was like catching and just like a shooting pain. My knees ever I I got it's called like Ashka slaughter disease. So it looks like I have two kneecaps. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, I can that's see pretty it. disgusting. I know. <laughs> Doctors are like, oh, "That's not normal," and they're like, "I've never seen a case that big, and I've had it since I was in junior high." Is it only on one knee? I got it on both. It's on both. Bad in this one. Um, I have it it's really bad in my right knee, but that affects this whole thing with me growing as a kid so fast, my body couldn't catch up to it, like your ligaments and all. Oh, really? And all that. The the, the the soft joints. Right. So like they stretch and expand. Weird. It's all medical stuff out way out you really don't know <laughs> all i know is that my knees suck because of that like, oh okay said it was supposed to go away when i was older and i still have the knee pain every day and, wow um, is it just there like yeah, you just walk around and stuff i mean i hit that on something it's sore i mean that's why like the whole thing with the lifting too i, mm-hmm. I wear knee compression sleeves on my knees yeah i was wondering why because um, most people it keeps your joints more warm and it, it, it gives a little bit um, more of a compression against your body. Right, so, yeah. I mean, I even... Keeps the blood flow. Right, keeps the blood flow going so you're not going to hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you need to be warmed up for... It's like jumping in the, to a bench press right off the... Coming yeah. cold. You got to be warmed up for it. So it keeps my knees warm and I'll wear them for majority of my workout. Um, that kind you're allowed to. But there's... I just bought a new pair and, and they're like a denim... Mm-hmm. Super tight, and I'm not too fond of them. Actually. Oh, really? I'm kind of disappointed, and I have to like, <laughs> like, can I return? He's like, well, you used them, so you. Yeah, you're you're you sweated the, in me, camera. You're out the eighty-five dollars, and I'm like, oh. and I, I mean, their products are great. I, it, is it that they're too tight? Is that what it is? Yeah, it, the thing they put out there, like you have to measure like like exactly around the. Oh, like, I see. Can't downsize like your other sleeves because they say these are supposed to be super super tight. Mm-hmm. And they did say if like you have bigger calves to go a size up mm-hmm. well, i don't have the big calves but i it's my quads and my my hamstrings i didn't realize i can't pull it up any higher oh okay so, like it's stuck at my knee and it's not i tried it out the other day and it just didn't, didn't work like well it. And, yeah and they're not competition approved yet so in the, the future if i do do a, a competition that's kind of gonna throw it off yeah you're not gonna be able to use those right because there's a difference between the training with uh, sleeves on your knee and knock. Yeah. Sleeves do give you a little bit of a boost in your lip. Yeah. But I don't care what you say. 455 pounds is still 455 <laughs> Right, pounds. yeah, regardless. But, I mean, they have those knee wraps and all that, but you even hear the guys say, like, I train with... It's the same thing with a belt. Yeah. You don't train with a belt. I mean, that's what I use to build my core up. Once mm-hmm. I start getting to, like, my 85% of my my one rep max, I'll throw a belt on. Right. Or if my back's a little bit sore that day. But Yeah, I mean, that's good, too. Right. I try to avoid, so I think belt is fine, and I think knee wraps are fine, especially in your case, because it's, you know, it's kind of, it's, right. it's warranted, too. Um, the only thing I don't really like is when people wear grips all of the time, like the wrist wraps and stuff. Right. I think those, I think you're cheating yourself, because... That's bad. You're giving up your grips, right? Right, um, exactly. I mean, I use them, don't get me wrong, 
Well, and I think it's great to use them if you're in my hands. They're ripped up and they're cut open and they're bleeding from all the calluses. So those are like the days if I'm going to go do like tomorrow, I'm going to do back tomorrow. for Right. If my hands are like killing me because they're all cut open still, I'm going to use my grips. Yeah, that's totally fair. The people who constantly train with grips, I see it all the time. I've seen friends do it. I uh, I post their videos online and Mm -hmm. say, you know, that's the difference. Like when you're pulling 400, you should do it like your last two sets, not like right. all five of them or whatever. Or you're if doing. you want to get that weight up because you just you're tired and you can't get yeah, or that too. I mean, your hands are going to wear out after a while. Mm-hmm. If you're doing six or seven sets on deadlifts, your your hands are going to be fried after that. Right, <laughs> your forearms are going to be on fire. Your grip's going to be shot. Mm-hmm. Totally get that. There's been times I've got my last set and I couldn't pick it up with, without grips. So I'll throw the right. grips on and I'll get them right up. Yeah, I just use chalk. I was going to say too is chalk, and unfortunately Arjun doesn't let us use chalk. Well. Uh, I mean, doesn't let us quote. Yeah, right. You're not supposed to, right? But I still carry my Tupperware. Yeah, if you want to know where I'm at in the gym, just follow my little dust trail because that's where I'm at. I love it when they use the squat rack and the guy who uses the, the, the chalk on the pull up bar half, right, before yeah. or after I'm there. I'm like, yes. I'm like, that's you, great. Yeah, you know? I, I use chalk. If you want to yell me, fine, but I'm sorry. This is no, this I don't care. Jam, and it's here. It's going to get dirty on the equipment. Yeah. Wipe it off, though, when you're done. It's chalk. But it's a bar. It's, you're going to expect it. It yeah. helps. That's where my thing is. I don't use chalk. Or I don't use uh, grips they use chalk mm-hmm. so i mean that's fair too it's it's um, not cheating it's everybody uses chalk in a competition and honestly that so i i'm surprised when i can pull 500 pounds with <laughs> with chalk and not wraps but i yeah. see that's the thing i see guys next to me who are like deadlifting with just straps the entire time mm-hmm. over and over again and that's not going to get your strength up. i find it's weird too sometimes like if you don't wrap them properly they slip you know I, i've had that happen a couple yeah, times I, I just to me like it's weird like mm-hmm. i guess there's probably a technique from it and i've never been taught yeah there's certain ones know, like in a, a like training a, yeah, scenario but like a figure eight one there's also one it's like uh uh it's just like the regular i use versa grips okay so it's more just to grip the bar yeah like they, they go around like across yeah, your, it kind of like covers where all your like right where the calluses right, right where your calluses and your palms are it just mm-hmm. gives you a little grip on the bar like yeah if you're pulling you're gonna wrap it but if you're if you're pushing you can just like rest it to help yeah on top of it because some you know how the equipment is there sometimes it's all stripped and you can't oh yeah i know they're, they're still worn out the right. uh, beveling on the bars uh, one of the things i can recommend though for for grip strength is that's like one of the things you're trying to work on because like if you do grip strength it's, it's one of those weird things is like if you work on grip, it it pays dividends all the way up oh, yeah. through Absolutely. everything. Like that's why deadlift is such an amazing. Like if you could pick one, that's the best. If you could pick one workout to do for the rest of your life, just do deadlift. deadlift. Absolutely, <laughs> it's the it's the best exercise and it's the most dangerous exercise. Yeah, because if you don't do it right, you're gonna screw your back. Yeah, I've seen. I've known guys that do it, but like you said. You feel that from your toes all the way up to your yeah. Like I, I get it all the way up here. You know Absolutely. where I get like, the stretching in my shoulders and stuff. Exercise and it's it's amazing. Um, but I use these grips. They're called King of Crush. You might have heard of them. They're they're known for the in the powerlifting community. But basically, they're like those stress relief grippers, but taken to the extreme. Oh, really? So the the the, the lightest one is sixty pounds, and they go all up to like three hundred pounds. And it's uh, and you just squeeze it. Oh in yeah, your hand. yeah, yeah. I've seen those. Yeah, you squeeze it in your hand, but they they're they're designed for powerlifting basically, and so you can just work out your grip strength specifically. Yeah. And so I have a sixty pound one, and I just bought a hundred pound one, and I can do. Like after doing the hundred pound one for like a few days, I was like, "Damn, this is really freaking hard." And then like, a, right. dude, like two days later, I'm like, "Oh, I got it down!" And I, I grabbed Same. the sixty pound one, and I'm like, "Yes!" Like now I can hold it together. Like you know, and then you, like for me, because I did tough mutter, right? You're going back to the functional stuff. Yeah. And so I've yet to do one of those. So what I did is, is when I started working out, it was like, I'm like, yeah, I could get like super vain with it, you know, like a lot of people do. Or like, I want six pack. I'm going to be like shredded, whatever. 
And I was like, that's cool and all, but like, I want to like apply this in some way, like, right? Oh, I am, yeah. You know, like, I want to like, like, you know, like now because I listen to Joe Rogan and stuff. You know, ironically, I'm talking about him on a podcast the hun- the hundredth time, but <laughs> hey, great podcast. But like, talk, like, listen to him talk about you know hunting and things like that. That just makes me want to like yeah. apply working out and being fit in those ways even more. You know, functional fitness. Right. You know, to use the buzzword. <laughs> And so when I did Tough Mudder, it was that that was the idea. Like, but this is even before I was in the podcast. And I was like, I'm gonna try and give myself one year. Basically, it was like one year from the day I like got my gym membership, my first one restarting. And I was like, okay, what can I do? And I remember like hearing about Tough Mudder like years ago in like high school, and I was like, that's crazy. I'd never do that because right. I'm not athletic at all. And then all of a sudden I was like, hmm, this seems like something I could do. And then I was like, well, I like Tough Mudder because it's built around teamwork and grit. It's like, it's, it's military-esque right, is what it is. Because like everything you do is there's obstacles and not every obstacle, it's not a personal challenge. Like for every obstacle, it's it's some obstacles that require teamwork to help other people get past it or over it or whatever. So the idea is like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to bring friends along to do this too. You know, so I got my friend Joe and he, and and he, he was in the military, he was just getting out of the military and he's like, dude, this is like reminding like boot camp all over again. You know, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. But it's fun. And And you're done with your friends. And at the end you get a free beer. Like it's even better. Right. Celebrate. Hey, we made it. It's fun. Yeah. And, you know, so that gave me like a goal to like make it real kind of like, this is something I'm working towards at the end of like in one year from now. I bought the ticket super in advance. I'm like, I can't bitch out now. You know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be ready. And, you know, when I first got into working out, I went through the full spectrum. Like you were saying, like I went from bodybuilding and then I went to powerlifting and then I went to like powerbuilding weird combo, like CrossFit, ninja stuff. Yeah. Well then I, and then like toward the end, I was like, all right, I really need to learn how to do cardio at least a little bit to get ready. And like, I made myself run three miles for the first time and like more than one mile since like high school, whatever. Right. (laughs) And I was like, <laughs> test. Like my le- my legs were so like de- like I had to teach myself how to run because like my body was changing so much. Like I gained ten pounds like the first month of just working out because like yeah. it was just new for my body. My right. body's just like, whoa, what are you doing? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> you know? And then like and that's kind of when I found like this calisthenic stuff that's kind of morphed into the kettlebell thing now yeah. where I can, where I can do like pull-ups and dips every day. And like, I can do kettlebell stuff and I'm, pull-ups fe- are great too. I feel like I'm doing everything I need to be able to do for my body for like, you know, like I said from the beginning is the, the maximum uh, effect for the minimum amount of effort kind of. And right. And it's yeah. fun. Like you said, it's, it's something you find that's fun to do. And yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure. I'm sure I'll probably try a tough motor eventually because people think. Hey, whenever you want to do it, right, just yeah. let me know. I'll do it. You're not constantly <laughs> running in these. Things. No, what people. That's what strays. I think people away from that. Yeah, because they hear they ten think, miles and they like, hey, get ten freaked miles, out. and you're like, oh my god, I got to run ten miles. No, you're jumping over fire. Like that's yeah. badass. I'm sorry, you get to jump over fire. And you get muddy too. Like right. Don't bring a good pair of shoes that you love. <laughs> no, I got trail running shoes for that. Like the, right. the first one I did, it was just, it was even it was the most muddy thing that we've ever did when we, the first one we did and it, it was like when we put like the very first track like turn that we went through it's just like mud like you were just footprints of people's feet and like my shoe almost came off and then like they make it in like farms like it was up in like richmond illinois like okay. north of here toward the uh border of wisconsin and basically what they did is like they, it was like you'd wade through like a creek almost so the water's like up to your chest but going into it, it's like this muddy bank and my leg sunk in to like the top of my thigh. 
And so I was like, oh my god, like there was like an air bubble or something. This is just the beginning. This is the beginning. Like this is mile one. <laughs> and so like I was like, if I didn't have friends there to pull me out like at an angle, I would have lost my shoe. Like Help. Yeah, it was just like crazy and just like because it's so like I've talked about this before, but like when you see people, like you see people who are like that fit, you know, that Greek god looking body, you know, the guy who's ripped and out of his mind, and he does it. And there's like monkey bar ones where like they go up right. at an angle and things like that. But you see people like they, they doubt themselves and they don't have that mental grit to just say, I'm going to do it. And then they fall. Yeah. And me and my friends, none of neither of us, we've all tried like every obstacle and have not fallen. Like, I'm do it. like mental. it's all meant like it's just crazy to me. Like, you know, if you're just not ready to do it, then you're going to like falter kind of thing. And, and I think, too, is like because it's so unique in a sense, like like a team building and like the more people you get to do it and make it like an adventure out of it. Cause it pulls you out of our like normal right. hey, it's bond- schedule you're bonding with your friends too. I mean, right. The whole, like you said, pushing yourself. I remember watching, I watched the video on like first form put up, they had their little like summer bash and, mm-hmm. and they had all their, like I think it was 200 people or something. And they did an obstacle course, like a tough mutter they right. set up. And there was one lady who was like, she was a pretty, pretty uh heavy girl but mm-hmm. she came up and said i don't care how much i weigh pretty much i'm gonna do the course and mm-hmm. and so she's up there with the part where you know it's like kind of like it looks like a half pipe you gotta climb up and yeah yeah that. and like they have the rope oh yeah i think was, i've seen that video yeah, before she I think was struggling and they all pushed they helped get her up the yeah team. and like that right there you can tell like at the end like that's she loved it yeah and that's what keeps you going it's motivated i mean that means so motivated. much to people right. others are motivated they're motivated they're to keep going yeah like there's people that i have done it in like wheelchairs they're paraplegics and there's i've seen things of a veteran i think he mm-hmm. was, uh he had no legs yeah i knew he a veteran he's, yeah. he's got a, a prosthetic leg and he's done like a hundred of tough mutters yeah see, they, <laughs> if, if a guy can do it with with no leg what's your excuse right that's the way i look so, at it too. A, i mean that's the whole thing about the fitness scene like i remember driving down the Back in my hometown, uh, down the street one day, I had a, I saw a girl running with no, like, she had both prosthetic legs. Mm-hmm. She's out there running. Yeah. Like, if she can do it, you can do it. Yeah. You have your legs. Get your butt off the couch, <laughs> put down the Xbox controller, and go do something. Yeah. It, it took me a long time to realize it, too. Like, even if you think you're not, you know, that kind of person, right? There's a lot of people that put themselves in a category, right? Where they say I'm this or I'm that or I'm not this or I'm not that right? right you know so I was the person who said I'm not athletic period right but I like to work out and I like to have fun it wasn't even that it was just like I'm a nerd like basically it was just like I like to sit around and play video games like I'm never going to be athletic I'm not like that kind of person and now you regret that and you're like well now I'm just like that. yeah it's just like I just never gave myself a chance basically it was kind of like as soon as you give yourself the okay like because you selfed out of it first. Yeah, because you see, because you see people around you who are like, you know, like you said, for you, you're seven years into your, or nine years or whatever into working out, right? right? So people are seeing you where you're at now, but they're not seeing where you at the progress, where you were at nine years, nine ago. years ago, exactly. And so that's like the whole part of this podcast is for people to tell their stories because right. people see where you are now, but they don't know where you were. Right. And so they get, to- <laughs> they get to where I was because there's because the- where I've been hurt or this screwed me over. Right. It doesn't come overnight, and that's that's the sad. Like everything's a process, right? People stray away from going to work out because they're like, "Oh my god, I didn't drop twenty pounds in my first mm-hmm. month." Or it's it's you got to give it time. It's you will trust the process, put the work in, stay motivated, mm-hmm. and you will see the results. And just like 
some people, I guess it's like too hard, like not too hard, but like it's hard for them to be motivated on their own. Right. So right. if you, so say you find someone on Instagram, like I guess nowadays it's, it's, it's easier. To, it's to easier find. to find motivation, but it's not even that. It's like, just, if you see something that like catches your eye, I'm like, Ooh, I want to try that. Like just do, try just do what makes it fun for you because right. if it makes it like a drag or like a grind or just blah, right. And you know, motivation too. Like you say, I mean, everybody has a way to get motivated to the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, when I warm up sometimes, like you go, go pop up YouTube, you type in like a workout motivation yeah. playlist. I'll put those videos in or I'll put a podcast. David Goggins like is some, great. Like, I listen to Andy for <laughs> podcast. And what does he talk about? Usually he's, he calls himself the motherfucking the CEO. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah one I'm of my, sure you've heard uh, of the, the, the one of the last guests we, he taught, he showed yeah. me that one. Yeah. He's the owner of like the first form brand and everything. Oh, okay. This guy is an entrepreneur. And like, he, that's like you said, showing the whole, where you were and where you're at now, this guy was saying how, you know, years ago he had a supplement store. Right. Broke. He said his first week he made like $7 in sales. <laughs> and now look at this guy. Now he's a millionaire, right. multi-millionaire running a, freaking supplement company mm-hmm. and that's what people say oh i want to be like him but the they forget thing is the gym. <laughs> it doesn't happen overnight right it happens takes months weeks years yeah it doesn't just happen right away and that's that's sort of i have people mess me all the time oh i want to deadlift 500 pounds like you what do i do mm-hmm. or i want to be just like you or something i'm like look it, it took a long time to get where i'm at yeah i'm still not where i'm happy where i'm at i'm gonna keep going i want to get better mm-hmm. numbers than that. and it's that's like you said the, the issue is people don't know where it's the in between it's they just they see the end result yeah they don't know what happened I, I think too like when because of social media it makes it easier to be like "Ooh, i want that you know and because of like amazon or twitter everything is condensed down into the smallest thing the the quickest results the you know do it fast you know mcdonald's way i guess you call it (laughs) you know everything is supposed to be fast you know everyone wants results yesterday magic pill right you lose 50 pounds in in three months or something no I, I just think people need to like there's there's points where you need efficiency in your life and quick results and there's other points where you need to be able to appreciate the journey right, right? and I think I think because of working out it for me it, it's really like open the door to like that idea that you're never who like you're never stuck in one place right right like you're always able to move forward or backwards even. i always i always say <laughs> like that's like sometimes in my posts i always make like a side comment at the end that's you're always forward not backwards mm-hmm. that's it's like a huge thing you're always moving forward don't let's don't let a bump in the road right push you back it's it's you versus you absolutely and, i love that comment <laughs> it is it's you versus you it's all it is essentially and that's what i think like you said this whole social media thing you go you can go type in the hashtag fitness yeah absolutely there's there's like 75 million yeah and everybody and that's the thing like the whole getting to where you're at people see this guy or girl who's got the six pack he's a fit model and everything and it's like they didn't just get like that no like they busted their butt in the gym for that Mm -hmm. and and everybody like and i honestly there was something i just saw on the news recently like there's something i forgot what they call it but people who are like concerned about the way they look and they like it's like a disease they're calling it now oh really i want to be like this person on social media because i'm super jealous like they let them like they get jealous of someone's like Mm. like, oh my god she's got like 
a great waist and right, yeah. a six pack and why can't I be like that? And like they that disheartens them and everything. I'm trying to think of what the word is, but I know what you're talking. I, I cannot think of that word off the top of my head right now. What the thing? It's the comparison or whatever. Right. Yeah, it's some, it's, you're always comparing yourself. Don't compare yourself to others. It's no. not simple. Focus I, on you. Like all you can do is compare you. You're like I always tell this to people. It's like you got to compare yourself. You know, from where you are now, and then yesterday. Exactly. You can't do any more than that. Or show even a year. Yeah. Look that back at yourself. Like you see people do those transformation posts. You know, yeah, you see, exactly. You I mean, that's a huge say, reminder. Here I am a year ago. Where was I a year ago? Where I'm at now. I look mm-hmm. at that all the time. My weight stays the same here and there, but my numbers are different. Yeah. That's what Matt, that's your progression right there. Mm-hmm. That's you winning the challenge. And with these people that are getting discouraged by these posts. Right. They're like, well, I give up then because I can't get that six pack. It's, it's not, it's not the right way to go about it. Because don't trust every photo you see. On no, that, that that's, too. That's the huge there's thing. magic involved. Right. How many apps can you find out there where there's a girl that can An make angle. that waist? Yeah. Smaller, and it's like, they call it the booty pop. Right. right. They can get their butt to pose better on the side or something because it's the camera angle. Like, right. Don't let that fool you. And that's what the problem is. Again, I, you're well, fooled. It's the, it's the magic of. Um, so Instagram is a gift and a curse because the community of Instagram can be really positive and uplifting, but the the curse of it is that it, a lot of people are able to filter the best face forward, right? Right. You know, it's the best lighting, it's the best whatever. It's the this is my seventy fifth photo. Right. Exactly. No there. one knows how many photos you took or whatever you needed to do right. to doctor it up or. And like you said, the whole good versus evil of Instagram, like that's what I use to help like promote what right. I do and everything. There's also side effects in that. And you know, I, there's people, it's a public profile. Absolutely. I, I'm not afraid to hide who I am. I'm a police officer. You know that you're mm-hmm. going to see me out there. There's millions of cops out there. Mm-hmm. So I, on top of that, I already get messages, you know, you're a racist cop. Oh, he, you know, uh, the immediate police, police brutality and mm-hmm. this, this, and that. I, I just block them. Yeah, right? you just, right you just gotta it's, ignore I mean, those people, right? Because then that's what's gonna let, you're gonna let that bother you, and that's what's gonna cost you in the future. It's not worth it. It's stupid. No. And like they said, that one guy in the podcast, Andy Frisella, said, if you don't like it, just block them. It's that yeah. simple. See you later. And I mean, they're not even worth the time because right. if they're gonna, because if they're gonna make a judgment call on who you are because of your job or exactly. whatever it is, like if they're just gonna make a judgment call, assuming something like that about you, they're not worth the argument and the wasted time like you don't know who i am as a person yeah exactly you can't assume i'm a bad cop because one cop did this or this cop shot this guy yeah you can't and that's what ruins it makes it bad for us yeah i'm a great people always say like you're i'm i'm the good cop i am Mm -hmm. Uh, people just it's it's sad it's i'm a i'm a normal person just like you the only difference is I wear a badge and I'm showing up to your house at times when it's the worst for you. And I'm here. to I have no idea what's going on. I've mm-hmm. never met you. I've never had an interaction with you. And I have to be the problem solver. Yep. And it, it's just I, I tell people, like, yeah, I, I signed up. I chose to do this job. And mm-hmm. you know, people are like, oh, it's not, it's not a high paying job. Right. So people think, oh, you can make a lot of money as a cop. You don't. <laughs> it's you're doing it because you want to help people. I think that's what a lot of people want to do in general. I mean, there, I think there's a need for people that want to do good, right? No, and, I did it for the military. I wanted to help. Yeah, exactly. I want to, <laughs> to serve my country. I, the police, the social media, everything I do right now is to, I want to help people. Right. 
And it sounds like it's a, a typical, stereotypical thing because people always ask you, well, why do you want to be a cop? It's like, oh, I want to help people. No, I really like to help people. Right. I, I it's just, I feel like that's something like my calling. Like, mm-hmm. I like doing good for people. Yeah. That's it. That's I've always wanted to do that. I, I think that I think there's nothing wrong with saying that, even though it may sound cliche to some people or whatever. Right. But it's like who I am, if you have that drive and that fuels you with purpose, because I think there's a lot of people in the, in the world like I, I know purpose and drive or whatever are misused terminology. But when you have the opportunity, especially like you already are a police officer, so you can already do good. Right. Right. You know, and you can. You know, even there is that stereotype right now where the uniform is bad and makes you racist or whatever. Right, media is turning everything. But you can you can take that and leave it at what it is. You know, leave it on the table, whatever. But you already wear the uniform, so you can do what you do every day, and the people you help are going to know that you're doing. You know what you can. You're doing the good work, right? You're exactly. not. You're not the stereotype. Stereotype, right? right. I mean, I mean, you remember locally, we had that department a couple of years ago with their three cops who got in trouble for, uh, they were like taking the drug money. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you heard about that. Yeah, I didn't hear I'm about that. Gonna name the town. No, but. don't. Do- <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like that. Like they made it look bad for us. And like, mm-hmm. It stems all the way back to like even the Rodney King day, like when, when they had the huge Rodney King incident and people were like, please retaliate. We still get that. Yeah, I wasn't even around for that. Or I was, yeah, yeah, isn't that crazy? I can't remember what year it was. Like that's mm-hmm. how much like I was so small, and then like we still get that. Wow, like I, this just blows your mind. Yeah, like, I am a good person. I love helping people. It's just the personal that's biases cool. of people. See, people are so campy currently. I've never seen you know growing up. I remember like you know you kind of get the ideas of like political and stuff like that from your parents. Right. Cause that's right. the first people you hear about it from. Yep. Then you go to school and then you hear from school and stuff. And like, I never really like, I never, I was always the kind of person, like even as a child, I never really like understood why, like why people had to pick what their parents liked or something like that for stuff pick like what you want. Right. And I would always like, I never told anything out loud. I was like, just kind of listen. I'm like, yeah, you know, I just kind of agree, but I never would see the voice of my own opinion because I would because I didn't know enough to tell. Right. right. And like, I feel like that's what the case of this is that like, when when people now it's social media, because we we're in this really weird situation growing up right now where we that's how we grew up. On. We grew up with it. Like as all of this technology has like become so mainstream, we've yeah. grown up at the same rate of it. It's kind of your parents say, hey, how do I work this Facebooks? And I'm right. Like, no, there's, one, there's no S on Facebook. <laughs> Two, it's like, let me show you. My mom, it's on my mother. She, she tries to post something. I go, Ma, you got to spell check yourself before you make this post because it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> it's hilarious. So, but she's like, how do I do this? How do I do that? Right. You and I, it's like I can. Boom, yeah. I mean, you already saw my setup. I got right. th- We're using this crazy laptop and a crazy Seven monitors. <laughs> basement. It computers everywhere. <laughs> we're tech- we're, that's the theme. Our generation grew up in technology. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. what. Uh, Video cameras. Yeah. That's what makes the job harder too these days. Oh, yeah, I bet. I mean, you guys probably have to deal with so much You're always stuff. Why, they always say, someone's always got a camera on you, so make sure you're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. That's all you have to come. Just do the right thing, then you won't be in trouble. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's what's sad too, is you see people would rather videotape that... That help. Help. Right. I mean, there was... Um, there was one recently, wasn't there? Right. Well, they even, like, not even, like, if it's police involved, like, that rapper, uh, XX, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't say his name right. Canation or something. People, people were going to kick my butt for that one. <laughs> but, I mean, he got shot in the drive-by, mm-hmm. and all I saw in the videos were people recording it for Snapchat, because they want to be like, hey, look what I got. 
break the news, quote unquote. Help him. <laughs> crazy. The guy's laying there. You might have had a chance to save his life. And it's the same thing with the, you probably saw the police video. The cop was struggling with a person and the security guard like cares if she was a security guard or not. But there's like seven people recording and he's screaming, help me. He's yeah. almost got my gun. And people were so concerned about filming it instead of helping. And it's, it's so just, everybody wants to be on, on Facebook. That's their fame. They're five right. seconds of fame. It's not they five want, minutes anymore. It's five seconds. shares and everything. Yeah. I, there's times where I've stopped on coming home from work. Mm -hmm. It's your duty. You see an accident, check on them. Call now and right. Like, even if I wasn't even a cop, I always, hey, are you okay? Mm -hmm. Happened in college. I had some random girl run around barefoot. Matt, my wife, Maddie, she, mm -hmm. she found her outside in wintertime. Oh, no my God. On, running around in a college town. I had no idea where she was. We were like, come here. And like, she was so afraid. That's, that's the perception that was painted on these people. Like, someone's actually trying to help you, but there's so many bad people out there. Right. Like, yeah. You're afraid. They're afraid they get help because they think something bad's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. She ran out of her apartment because she thought we were going to like do something to her. And we're like, no, we're calling the police because we don't know who you are. And, like we, you're running Just around. Just wanting to get help. <laughs> it's snowing out. No right. Matter. Yeah. If she's what got no shoes doing? on, that's a great way to get she frostbite or something. Help. She was at a party and someone slipped a, a pill in her drink and she was drugged pretty much. Yeah, but they found her. Thank God. But it's just like that's it's insane. <laughs> it's sad. Because yeah, like people want to. Sometimes you want to do good, and people don't th think you're not gonna. Do yeah, good. It's, it's sad. I, I just it, you know, a lot of what I try to like find lately, like podcasts and things like that, is always like things that you know people trying to help other people in the even if it's just one person, right? right? If you do, if you make someone's day by doing something good for them, spread a message. Whoever you are, like <laughs> you are helping. Just diffuse whatever this tension is that's in the world right now. It's exactly it drives me nuts that people are at each other's throats, you know, with like the recent elections and things. Like people so, argue right. so it's much. So selfish. And like I saw a post on social media the other day, like it was right after 9 11. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know, with the media and all, yeah. all, all this riots and protests and stuff. I have nothing wrong with that stuff. Right. Uh, it's just sad. Like people, someone made like a post saying, like, I wish we had another September 12th. And they're like, I don't mean like I, I would never want another September 11th, but people are like, that's what we. Forgot. But the way we were, we were together, so, we, we were so united. Mm -hmm. You know, this country sold out of American flags and everything. Right. Store. Like everybody was one. Yeah. And that's what people forget these days is absolutely everybody's just diverted from each other, and they're like that we're against this person, this person, or this person. Right. Instead of be one, we're one. Like we're still people. You're gonna. Have, <laughs> you're, not, you're never gonna agree with everybody. Everybody's gonna. Mm -hmm. You're going to debate with people. It's totally fine. Totally get that. But yeah. Everybody forgot who we are as a country. Yeah. And like as one, we are all brothers and sisters. Team humanity. That's what I asked. Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't matter what your religion is or what color you are. I don't care. You're my, I would, I will give you the shirt off my back in a heartbeat. If yeah. You needed something from me. That's the person I am. I mean, that's like just what you did for this podcast. I literally reached out to you, like, right. and within two seconds, like, yeah, let's do it. I'm no like, you're a friend of mine. I, uh, you know, I've, I've gotten closer with your friend group for yeah. years, and like, you guys are great to hang out with. And that you asked, I, I know Maddie told me a couple of times you've done this podcast, you love doing it. Love to come out. Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate you having me do this with you. I, hey. I just love the idea of like, we're at this point right now where we're. You know, like we were saying with the stories of people, right? Right. Like, we have these stories, and we're starting out, we're, like, at the beginning of our stories, right? Yeah. And so the way I see it is I have all these people in our lives who are starting their own journeys in whatever fields they decide to end up in. Yeah. And this is the perfect point to capture that. Like, even if this, you know, this is, a, is as much for everybody else to hear your story going, like, coming into it. 
And then it's as much for you as a as a touchstone in your history of like, you know, in a couple months or even a year from now, you're going to be like, oh, that's where I was. You know, you'll have this audio right. file as a reminder of, right. of where you were. And I just think that's like such an important thing because people forget. Like, then, right. Then there's a lot time. that happens in a year. And then you can look back on that. You forget who you are. Here's mm-hmm. your reminder right there. Go play. Go play this. Yeah. <laughs> Remind yourself who you are so you get your values back. And just like, you know, when it's there, it's recorded. It's 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 better. It's almost better than a, a photo because you get you can listen to yourself. Yeah. And you get the nuance of it because like, you know, the, the, for me, this is like the antidote of social media for me because we're sitting here. This is over an hour already. You know, it doesn't feel like it. Right. No, like a casual <laughs> conversation. Like we're already over an hour and it's just like, you know, we're here. And I, it's such a lost art of conversation. People don't know, like. People get awkward. But you have to hammer on the head with that one. You people, know, people cannot make eye contact. These days. Yeah. That's the problem. I mean, especially with someone in a uniform like you, right? People are getting nervous and intimidated, right? Yeah, I got to talk to people every day. I got to look at you in the eye. So, like, don't be afraid to look at me. Like, people are afraid to look at me. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, it's, it's even kids these days. They're mm-hmm. not. How many times do you go out to eat and see a a two-year-old playing on an iPhone right or an now. iPad. I, I hated that at dinner when time. When I was a kid, I had crayons <laughs> and I would drop my little stick figures and play tic-tac-toe or something. Right. Like, it, that's what you did as a kid. Or you talk to your family. Put your phone away. Yeah. Stop. Social media can wait. I mean, even for me, I, I still don't bring my phone out at dinner. Like, it's just right. not part of the, you know. I mean, there's times my wife will yell at me, but she's got work emails, too, to check and stuff. Right. I totally get that. You don't work, and now you constantly got to answer your clients. Yeah, like, I get that. Go to dinner. Just put the phone away. And, like, these, that's mm-hmm. the thing. These generations are growing up now. Screens all day. phones, and, like, now that's affecting their social skills. Because I know mm-hmm. people out there who, who sit there, you know, you're playing video games all day. And yeah. You don't, you don't leave, and you don't go socialize in that. And it's it's sad because that's what's going to affect them in the future where they're going to say, let's go get a job interview. Right. But yeah. even like that nowadays, they're not even doing job interviews one on one. It's let's Skype. Yeah. They do it over let's the phone or Skype or a Skype interview. And you're like, what? Yeah. I'm used to having this face to face interaction. You And that's what's going away these days, because even when I'm walking around in town, like if I go walk around in the mall to check on. It, right. I say hi to people walking by and they can't even make the eye contact with you. It's like it's that you're coming up to that person and you can actually feel like they're awkward that's coming out of them. Like they don't want to, they, they kind of like look away. Yeah, there's like a resistance. You feel right. it, right? And I just say, hey, how are you today? Or good morning. Like yeah. they, they can't even say that back. And it's like, that's what this world's come to. They, people can't even carry on a conversation. Yeah, I know. Like, I mean, I'm, I know I'm for sure guilty of it where I put headphones in or something like that. I totally get that. But, but <laughs> I'm like that in the gym though. It's, yeah. It's I mean, time and place. Yeah, like, actually. Time and place for everything. Like it's. That's why my wife's like, why don't you go out with friends and then I go, look, I just had a long work week. I just want to de-stress. I'll sit on the couch, on TV. I want to go to the gym. Gym is my go-to for therapy. Go relax, Mm -hmm. go de-stress. And I I just, sometimes you just have enough dealing with people for the week. You just want to like put yourself away and just zone out. And which is nothing wrong with that. That's what I do. Right. I'm, I'm, inherently an introverted heart and so for me when when i get in like bigger groups of people you know five plus or something it really it burns me out you know and when i when i'm there it, it really i kind of close in on myself and i'm not as lively as, as i would it's normally such a big group too so it's like everybody yeah conversations are shooting left and right yeah and so for me like like again this is a podcast for me i'm able to articulate better when i'm with right. smaller so groups of people one-on-one one on one or two, like maybe three people where it's a three-way conversation right it really is better for me because i get energized and i kind of can convey um more information because i like to go deep on things I, i've like probably from the people from the podcast would already know this like i read constantly i've always been like that but i i always try to like 
combine things. Right. Like I, I don't, it sounds weird, but I try not to be a stereotype as much as possible. Right. Like I try to do as, as many things and I'm kind of like almost curious just about anything. Right. And so hence the whole name of the whole. Right. Podcast. Yeah. Hence the name of the podcast. And you know, it's, it's, a, it's, as much as a caveat for me personally, but it's also for like putting it out there for other people in the world to be curious. Right. Exactly. And I, I love I, the title. It's great. I know it. It was one of those things that came up and like, I was not able to sleep at like 2 AM and I had a creative streak and I was just like thinking, thinking, think thinking of what it is. And you're like, Hey, I'm just, here's my curiosity. Yeah, I know. Go. <laughs> it was just like one of those things. And I like, like woke up, like I grabbed my phone and put a note in and I was like, yes, I'm like I freaking got it. you know, and then, <laughs> then since then it's, it's been kind of this adventure of if you know again a process you know right. just slowly like first it's just friends talking you know we're just doing big ideas and then i'm like well i've always like wanted to be able to like branch out and like get people's story you know like i really think there's there's a whole bunch of value in stories period right. oh absolutely you know like i listened to a story back to 9-11 on uh this week there was one of the guys his name is cal fussman he's one of the premier interviewers that he, he did um what i've learned column for years but he does a podcast now <laughs> And he wrote a piece right after 9-11 about a guy, I think his name is Michael Wright. And he survived the tower falling on him, basically. Holy cow. And so, like, he was on the 81st floor, I believe. And so he, they made yeah. it out. Like, they made it low enough that when it collapsed, they were, they were so safe. Good. And then they were able to get out. There was a, a, I think it was a police officer, a fireman that was trapped there with him, but he had a flashlight, so they were able to get in. And then, you know... Basically, he's able to recount the story, and the podcast is now a living record of his count account on it. So he never has to tell it ever again because right, of, if you want to of, hear his story, because that up. yeah, because that story is so you know painful, right? That he just doesn't want to have to relive it every day, or like right. every time someone asks for him, he's more like, "Hey, just just go here, let me live my life now," kind of thing. And to me, like that is so emotional. I like getting goosebumps as I explain it. Cause I don't talk about, I, I have these ideas and I don't even talk yeah. about them. And I just, when you have something that impacts is able to impact people and like that level, you know, where you get to like see the pain and see the, the, like what matters to them. Cause like, you know, he's thinking about his family, he's thinking about his brother and he's just like, you know, it's just, it kind of distills everything down to a level that is more real, right. Than the superficial thing, the wants and needs on, on a day to day basis. Absolutely. You know, like going back to base of the military stuff. And I just, mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen, seen things overseas and people, that's the, the big problem. People are always like, oh, you deployed? Did you kill anybody? Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> like that is the biggest. It's such a disrespectful comment. <laughs> right. You know, it's, it, it, it makes everybody upset. And, yeah. And like, we all came back alive, thank God. But I've mm -hmm. seen life loss over there. Mm -hmm. I've, I've been in firefights. Actually, one of ours were made in the New York Times. Oh, wow. So, which is kind of cool. Back to the whole, like, an audio file, I have mm -hmm. a piece of history. No, not so much history, I consider for me, but right. in the New York Times that they mentioned this, there's a huge article about it. Mm -hmm. And, like, this is something, like, I, I'll never forget the rest of my mm -hmm. life. And, um, like you said with that guy, it's it, it's it hurts to touch on certain topics. I mean, even with me being a cop, uh, I'm sure you heard on the news that two years ago we lost one of our guys. Mm -hmm. our yeah. Like... When my parents heard the news that night, they heard all they say was a young police officer was killed, and they immediately thought you, right? Right. I had I had people blowing my phone up saying mm -hmm. they knew I'm I was twenty five at the time, young. You know, they yeah. I've I've been on for like a year and a half, mm -hmm. and they just said I a newer cop, and like people were freaking out, and like it just. Yeah. Even like after that happened, like it just makes you like just think of everything. Right. It puts everything into stark perspective. 
Right, you know, for like, you. I mean, it's sad because cop, like, yeah. just everybody who dies a day, like every day, you hear about cops getting killed every day. Mm-hmm. Like a, a Fort Worth cop just got killed. Oh wow! Um, My he cousin passed away. He was shot in the head, and he just passed, but. Like we were talking at my department, like it's it's like it's really heartbreaking when you always hear about all these deaths in the line of duty, but like when it's your own, yeah, that hits home like <laughs> deep and like I mean I just don't think like people I think a lot of people have a weird relationship with death, right? right. You know, because it doesn't feel real for most people, right? Right, and it's. it's, it's and it's put in stark contrast with people who are in the military or in any service line Absolutely. of duty. Um, the the funeral, like we had thousands of cops mm-hmm. from all around the state, yeah, country, come into his funeral, right? And like it just blows you away with the support that you get, right? So it's like different, like not like a normal funeral compared to like a, a police officer. It's an honorable thing that like put on that uniform. Same yeah. thing with the military, like a funeral for that. Well, it's a legacy, right? You know, and, like it's something like it just when you hear the bagpipes, you get to goosebumps. Every mm-hmm. time I hear bagpipes, now I get goosebumps and like I tear up because uh, I thought about was the day they played the bagpipes for him. That's part of the tradition. They play yeah. the bagpipes. That's Chicago like, tradition, right? Every 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 single military firefighter. Oh, really? Military, yeah, they well, it's just for the police. It's like it. it mm-hmm. You hear them, and then like after it affected you, and you lost one of your own, then you hear the bagpipes play. Like you just like stop, and like you can remember where you were that day. You have a flashback to like yeah. that day, like losing one of your guys, and it's like your world literally just stops around you. Yeah, it just is. It sucks, but. It is what it is. You still got to basically, you know, when I for me, I don't know. Obviously, I can't talk for myself. But when I hear about those things, it's like the the guys who've lost people like the Navy SEALs. They talk about it and they right. You know, they always they say they carry it forward for them. Right. You know, they right. live. Yeah. They, they, they they live forward and to be the best, you know, that they could have been. Right. Yeah. You know, live it for them and do it for their honor. Right. Yeah. It's, totally. it's, it's honorable yeah. for them. You know, you, you be the best version of you because that's what they would have wanted kind of thing. Right. Don't don't mourn. Like they always say, don't mourn someone's death. Celebrate yeah. their life. Yeah. It's exactly. all about your celebrate their life. You don't want to sit around. Have your have your time to mourn. Mm-hmm. It's fine. But don't don't beat yourself D- up. They wouldn't it. want you to beat yourself about it and right. not be able to do what's best or what's right. <laughs> right. They were still like ask. That's where you put yourself. Like, if, if would you want them to remember you like that? Yeah. No. Just carry on their legacy. Like mm-hmm. I think that's a really good point to end it. <laughs> so. <laughs> on that touchy. Yeah, I know. Way to end the podcast on a sappy, sappy note. Hey. <laughs> it's a works. All right, everybody. That's it for the first episode with Johnny Mike. Peace out. You just listened to an episode of Feeding Curiosity. Thank you all for listening and tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a like, subscribe, go check out the website over at feedingcuriosity.net and all the other things that we're doing there. And once again, thank you all for tuning in and we will see you in the next episode.